Hi everyone, welcome to the Value Inspiration podcast. My name is Ton Dobber and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration and the author of The Remarkable Effect. I'm creating a tribe of tech entrepreneurs that are on a mission to do something big and meaningful. I invite you to join the tribe as well, especially if you want to create change that matters and put your software business on momentum that you're proud of. The goal that I have with this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest of my podcast today is Avishai Sharon, founder and CEO of Trendemon. I was working at a marketing agency. The big challenge that I was running into those days was how do I prove to my customers, companies that were paying substantial amounts, that the work that we were doing, the effort that we were putting in, was actually impacting their bottom line. That disconnect between work that's being done and the inability or the challenge of proving it was what got me started trending. The main opportunity that we see here is that most marketers, especially in content, are storytellers. And I think that we're not seeing technology as a way to replace storytelling. Storytelling is a very human and delicate and sophisticated capability. We want to empower them with data that gives them the ability to validate their work with results and help them show unequivocally how you know content, blog posts, videos that they created help the company close more deals. This is Avishai. He has over 15 years of experience in product design and management, UX and UI, web and mobile applications, and entrepreneurships and startups. In 2005, he founded a digital marketing agency that helped B2B companies build and execute digital marketing strategies. Besides that, he's also a captain in the Israeli Air Force and an avid extreme sports enthusiast. Today, he's the co-founder and CEO of Trendemon, a revenue acceleration SaaS platform which helps B2B companies close more deals from their content marketing efforts and assets. It does this by empowering marketeers to prove and improve their content impact. And this resonated with me, and hence I invited Avishai to my podcast. We explored the disconnect in what marketers do and the direct impact that that has on business performance. Why it takes a different way of thinking to solve this challenge, as focusing on increasing traffic is not the answer. And last but not least, we discuss what it takes to build a software business people just keep talking about. By listening to this podcast, you will learn four things. Firstly, that we too often focus optimizing our software products too much on making doing the work easier, rather than to do that work with more impact. Secondly, how being deliberate about how to stay as independent as possible through your product strategy choices will bring opportunities you might not expect. Thirdly, that to spur creativity and curiosity, you have to create probing challenges. And fourthly, why you should plan for your inflection points, those momentum building events that you can leverage to get to the next stage. So, Avishai, thank you very much for being a guest on my podcast today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's an interesting story how this actually came about. It was as one of your, I, call, I always call it conculeaks, not talking about competitors, but someone in your space advised me to, to look into your company, Trendemont. That's what I did, and I got inspired by what you do. And since I'm a, 
a product marketer myself from uh, from origin being involved a lot with people around me that are doing direct marketing it's was, it's also an interesting area for myself uh, not only for my audience but before we start talking about the big idea behind your company and what got you to where you are today tell me a little bit about you what what would be two or three words to describe yourself as a person or, or an entrepreneur relentless ah that's cool that's the only one i think that sums up pretty much the majority of my journey my entrepreneurial journey Yep. is just simply moving forward and figuring it out as we go along and enjoying the ride. So always making sure that as you're moving forward, you're always having a positive time and working with great people. But keep moving forward. I think that's pretty much my main driver. Yeah. It's a very important one. And well, the word itself, I think there's, there's, there's very variations on that, but it's typically a, a topic with the people that have been on my podcast, often starting on a big idea, still having to test it, but believing in it and keep on going where everybody's saying you're stupid and at the end proving them wrong, which is, I would say, very, very cool. So Trendamon is your company, started in 2015. What is the big idea behind it? How did it start? So actually it started before I started the company. I was working at a marketing agency and I was helping companies with two main things. I was helping them with implementing their marketing technologies, which was still at their early stages. So connecting Salesforce, Marketo, HubSpot, their websites, doing landing pages. That was one piece of the work. The second piece was how do you promote those assets? How do you amplify them? How do you create content around those things and help them with their content marketing efforts? And the big challenge that I was running into those days was how do I prove to my customers companies that were paying substantial amounts that the work that we were doing, the effort that we were putting in was actually impacting their bottom line, was actually impacting their sales, yeah. their revenue. And that disconnect between work that's being done and the inability or the challenge of proving it was what got me started Trendemon at that time. Yeah, that is the golden question for everybody. I mean, marketeers, of course, are great creative in terms of getting messages out but how do you prove that impact yeah so i love the problem that you're solving and this is a good example of what you can do when you bring technology and people together and let them do things they've never been able to do before so what is the opportunity if you get this right what have you for example seen with your customers in terms of the before and the after so I think we talked about this just before the podcast, but I think the main opportunity that we see here is that most marketers, especially in content, are storytellers. And I think that we're not seeing technology as a way to replace storytelling. Storytelling is a very human and delicate and sophisticated capability. We want to empower them with data that gives them the ability to validate their work with results and help them show unequivocally how you know, content, blog posts, videos that they created help the company close more deals. And I think this is exactly the meaning of technology to empower people to become better as opposed to do the work instead of them. And it's especially relevant in a very human aspect of, of telling a story, of building a message, of communication, which is a human, it's a human interaction. It's not a technological interaction. But it can be measured, it can be quantified, it can be analyzed in yeah. new ways today. And that helps the optimization process. Every activity that we do can be improved if it's measured correctly. 
if it's put in the right framework. And so yeah. when we walk into a company, we first of all help them understand how their activities, their efforts are, are working, how they're actually contributing. And from that point, there is a meaningful discussion about how to improve that, how you can maybe promote them on different channels, which pieces of content work better than others. One interesting metric that we see across almost any company that we work with is that only 15% of the articles, the blog posts that they write have actually a positive impact on sales. So yeah. only 15% influence people across their journey. And one of the first questions is, which are those 15% of articles? Yeah. How do we find them quickly? How do we know what is working in order for us to guide our, our activity? And it takes a new way of thinking of not looking at success as traffic, which is what a lot of marketers think of. I have more people coming in, therefore I'm successful. But look at the outcome. Are we getting more outcomes from all of this activity? Let me make a small interruption here. Avashai just made an excellent remark about how they approach product innovation, not to create more outputs, but to create better outcomes. It seems a subtle difference, but it's fundamental. It's a trait remarkable software companies master. They raise probing challenges to spur creativity and curiosity, and with that, shape new value possibilities. It's an art that you can master as well. To get started, I would recommend you to read or listen to my book, The Remarkable Effect. You can find it on Amazon.com. But if you first want to see where your software business stands on the five-star Remarkable Index and what you can do to close potential gaps, do the online anonymous assessment. You can find it on valueinspiration.com slash Remarkable Index. Back to the interview. I mean, I love the way that you, the, the fact that you bring up the whole thing of storytelling and that marketing is, is about storytelling. A lot of people forget that. They think it's about crafting messages that have all the buzzwords in there. And that's one of the comments that Bernadette Jiva recently gave in, yeah, in, a, in a community that's, that I'm working on with her. She has been writing books, I think eight books about storytelling at the end. But she said, if you remove the word marketing from your vocabulary and replace it with a helpful conversation, then a whole new dimension starts. That's what it's all about. And on that topic, I think that a conversation has two elements, right? It has the speaking and it has the yeah. listening part. Exactly. And so I think in digital spaces, many marketers are used to broadcasting. You know, they're used to putting their message out there. I think that we're now seeing more marketers trying to listen and trying to get that feedback even if it's not literal, if it's not, even if it's not somebody actually communicating me, but by the fact that they read my post, I know whether they've engaged with me. And yeah. that listening capability, I think, is a fundamental piece of conversation. And this is what we're trying to, to fill with technology. Yeah, true. So how does it work? I mean, how does a company start and how do you start to get, get results and, and start shooting on that? I think that's where the technology comes in with recommendations in terms of customer journeys, I guess. And that, I think dynamic customer journeys because at the end, everybody is, is a different person. How does that work? So I made something that's not popular, but there's no magic. There's no AI and there's no shortcuts to delivering uh, substantial, consistent and powerful results. It's first about creating real value with the content that you're producing. No technology can change the fact that your content is valuable or not. We can augment it, we can empower it, we can accelerate it with technology, but there's no, there's no substitute 
for powerful storytelling and powerful content, valuable content, something that, and this is the essence of content marketing is not trying to sell on the back door, but first of all, giving you value with that information. And so the way that customers work with Trendemon is that they implement our, our tag on their website. We connect with their CRM or marketing automation or deeper business goals. And from that point, the first thing that we do is observe. We just look at those customer journeys. So for the yeah. first month or so, we just want to understand how influential is your website, your blog to get people to sign up for a demo, become an MQL, SQL, all the structured kind of pipeline that we already know. Yeah. And once we have that, we have a baseline. So now we can say, what's going on? Is it better than what we're used to seeing? Because we work with you know, over 100 companies, we can see across different verticals, different industries, and we can understand what is a good or a positive result where we think there can be improvements made. Yeah. And then from, what, from that point that we understand what's going on, we found those 15% of articles that work, then we can start looking at optimization. And the optimization has two factors. One is the human factor. So showing the marketeers, the, the content marketers, which content is working, which topics work, for which channels those people are coming from. And there's the second piece, which is automated, which is personalization, which is how to show the yeah. relevant piece of content to the relevant user at the right time and provide them a more structured journey across your digital assets, as opposed yeah. to, you know, let them wander around and, and make them do the work instead of have, have them work hard. And I think today people, if there's something that requires effort, first rule of marketing, if there's some high bar or some effort that you need to pass through, you're probably not going to do this. So you try to make this journey as effortless as possible to show you the relevant yeah. content, to get you engaged with the understanding that with more content, with more education, you're going to come in a much better way to that conversation, to that demo call, or to start that trial when you yeah. know that this is what you're actually looking for, as opposed to what a lot of companies are trying to do, get them just on the phone and then try to start the journey from that place and try yeah. to hunt them down with SDs and so forth. So this is at least how we're thinking about this problem and this opportunity. Again, always a combination of automation and technology with human insights, have them feed off each other as opposed to, and also in terms of the system, Trendemon is a combination of insights. So I think we're one of the few companies that focuses on content marketing attribution and helping you understand the ROI of your content marketing and gives you the tools to dramatically improve them, get more sales from your digital assets that you've invested so much in, in creating. Very important. And then, yeah, then it becomes sort of a flywheel because you, you keep tuning and tuning and tuning in terms of the things that resonate and also putting them in the right order. That's where the technology helps because otherwise that's impossible to do. I like the, the analogy with sailing that you have on your website where the wind is just blowing people in a, in a certain direction. And not, the question is whether that's the right direction. And you just get them into, yeah, into the harbor with the right type of help. Just touch that. I think you, you nailed it because it's a metaphor that we we're very, I think, connected with because we used to looking at real things in the real world and we fail to understand that there are psychological processes, there are mindsets that we can't see, but they are driving that ship. You can't see that wind, but that's where it gets you. And if you're not looking and, and positioning your sales, or if you don't believe in wind, if you don't think that the wind is the power, 
you're going to focus on the boat, and the boat is going to get is not going to be affected by any movement that you're doing. And I think content is an analogy to ideas and to conversation. This is what gets us to new places, not the physical reality in most times. Very well said. That's music to my ears. <laughs> so. What I'm always interested in, in terms of, well, I wrote a book about it for the, in, in the first place called The Remarkable Effect, and it really illustrates what, what remarkable software businesses do different from the ones that, are, that people don't talk about. Were there any technological things that you decided to do or not to do, kind of referring back to Steve Jobs, where he said innovation is not about what you do, but about what you say no to. Was there anything like that that put you... Yeah, on the course where you are right now in delivering the value for your customers. Was there anything specific there? I think there were several intersections, right? So as you're thinking about your product, you need to make certain decisions, which sometimes you don't realize, but have a very long-term effect. And I think one of the things that we did, just we did this not, I think, with too much insight, but it was a path we took and it served us well, was the fact that we were trying to build a pretty generalistic agnostic platform that is not, first of all, dependent on any one platform or any couple of platforms. We wanted to keep our independence and our freedom to move in different directions as we can grow. So we've built our own independent analytics and journey mapping technology. We didn't want to rely on anything or anyone for that. We didn't focus on any one ecosystem or one platform that we said we're going to you know, just serve their solution. And I have to tell you, it was, it's a blessing and a curse because when you have all these options, many times your big challenge is how do you stay on any one track and not continuously try and do a lot of different things. So it opened up opportunities, but it then also forced us to really think about what we're saying no to, just like the example that you mentioned. We had the opportunity, at least, to say no to things where I think where you're very limited, you don't even have the opportunity to say no to certain, certain activities. This was one thing. Another thing that I think we took a different approach technologically is that as a marketer, there is a very kind of certain way of looking at journeys and funnels. And we decided not to take that approach and look at it from a journey perspective. So looking at not from conversion rates of people, let's say in a session, but try and look at it horizontally. Person that started the journey, the different touch points and where they ended up. Now, today is, it's, a, it's a common discipline, but when we started out, it was still very early on. The whole concept of, of looking at the journey, of mapping the journey was still pretty early on. And the last thing I'll mention is that we decided not to be dependent on any language. We took the decision not to look and read the text but to look at it more from the navigation perspective. And this was basically, this is what allowed us to grow, for example, in Japan without having any modifications for the system because we were essentially asking the question whether a person that started their journey in, in place A and went through these different places, whether they reached their destination. Yeah. And that question is universal. It doesn't matter which language. Exactly. And it go. It's a universal question. I think this is what gave us that ability to grow in, in different areas over those five years. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Because a lot of the, of course, there's a lot of things happening with NLP and natural language processing and trying to really understand like what is being said and, and make that the, the argument for 
yeah, whether something is successful, yes or no. Possibly you can, if you have that, you can also start giving more advice to, to marketeers about the, the, the elements in there, but you can't see that from people reading it. They just scan over it and they just move on to the next piece. So it is about piece to piece, plotting a route. On that journey, was there anything that was a, a very tough decision that at the end, Paul, was there any tough decision that you had to overcome on the journey? I think we've had many tough moments. I think as any startup, you have you have goals that you put and you try to reach. And I think that what I've realized is that as you are placing goals in things that are outside of your scope of influence and control, the higher the chances you're going to be in a tough position. The more goals that you have, that you have direct influence about whether you achieve them or not, even if they're modest, they don't need to be super high, there's a much better chance of reaching them. And, and this is a lesson I learned the hard way and not just once. I had to learn it a few times until I got that lesson yeah. of trusting your team, trusting your technology, and trusting your own goals, as opposed to counting on external funds, efforts, technologies, whatever. So, and I think keeping that independence is something that is difficult. It's, I think, the toughest thing that we've done, but this is what gives us, I think, the best chances moving forward to be able to build our own path. And I think that was very, very tough. It took us, I think, a good part of five years to reach that independence where we can chart our own course. And it required sacrifices. It required doing things that were difficult, but they were done. They were important. And the other thing I'll say is that when you have the dilemma of investing in infrastructure and in something that is substantial versus going for like long shots or trying to do something that is mainly for show. Every time we bet on the show, we lost. Every time we bet on the infrastructure, we, we gain something. And I think this is, you know, this is the world trying to tell you something when you do yeah. this, you know? So yeah. And especially in marketing where it's about the story, right? It's about building the story. And it's about like, you feel like, Hey, it's about my messing, which are very important. But if there's no substance behind it, it's going to come falling down. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's, these are wise words. I recognize what you're saying there. So what became the catalyst for breaking, well, the, the breakthrough, your tipping point? Uh, was there a tipping point and what made it a tipping point? We've had certain inflection points. I wouldn't call them tipping points, but there were inflection points that happened. And I can give one example is that when we started the company, we were very focused on B2B tech companies as our customers. And at one point, we got an interesting visit from Japan, from a very large agency called Dentsu, which came to Israel in search of technologies. And it was the farthest thing that we could have thought that would be relevant for a company like us, geographically and even vertically in the industry-wise. But we've had a good connection with the folks there, and we started building a relationship. And we decided that we want to explore that path of working in Japan with brands, so not B2B companies, not tech, but working with consumer brands, automotive brands, financial brands, and seeing whether we could be of value. And that was a big bet. That was a very big bet, especially for a young company. Yeah. But I think that set us on a course of really understanding what's possible with technology, because you realize that you can do a lot more than what you initially thought. And if you find the right relationships, again, it's people. If you find the right relationships and build them, you can achieve things that may seem you know very wild so that's what got us into japan we have an office there we have an amazing partnership with dentsu today and i think that was one of those things that in retrospect it was it was good but 
very, you know, it was very uh, risky at that point. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I know how hard it is to, to internationalize, especially if you're even, I mean, internationalize to your neighbor country is, is already a big thing, let, let alone to the other side of the world. I mean, you know, from Israel. And Israel, and Israel is, a, is a unique position because it has no market. So by definition, every company that starts here in Israel is by definition going outside. There is no local market that they can establish themselves and then say, all we have here is a sandbox, <laughs> metaphorically and, <laughs> and literally. So within this sandbox, you know, you have a lot of great beta testers and companies willing to experiment. Yeah, but yeah, for yeah. actual growth, you're going to have to go outside. And that was one of the places that we, we ventured out to. Yeah, that's interesting. And then to, well, to, going back to your first comment about describing yourself being relentless, I think there's already a couple of those examples where you made the bet and then just kind of pull through in order to make it happen. And you see what can happen then. I mean, I talked about my book before, The Remarkable Effect. I'm always interested to hear from people that are running the company themselves, what they believe is a secret or a thing to do or not to do in order to become remarkable in your business. So, so what is your wisdom here? <laughs> Still looking for it. I think, I think that the fun thing is that we don't feel like we've reached, you know, an end game. I think that it starts with, first of all, having a vision, having something that is yeah. bigger and more unreal than, than you see in front of you. Always setting those. One of the things, just to give you a small story that for me was kind of the place that I said, I want to achieve that. So as a marketer, I was, I was attending a lot of conferences. And one of, one of the topics that kept coming up at those conferences is how impossible it is to measure content. You can't measure content marketing. Don't even try. And that mm. statement served to me as a red flag that said, now I have a mission. I have a goal yeah. to crack that. And I think you cannot do remarkable if you don't aim for that remarkable. If you don't aim for that thing that today is considered impossible. Now, there are a lot of things that are rightfully considered impossible, but that's only because people you know, didn't even try to, to get them. Many things are impossible for a, re for a reason, maybe because they're not achievable. Yeah. But you have to set those, those goals. And whatever the end game will be, you're going to learn, do great things on the way because you're going to aim that to that direction. And just going back to the, I think that the lessons that I've learned are that it's not just about doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for better results is knowing to distinguish between when you should continue pressing on, even if it feels like a concrete wall, but you should, or you should pivot, or you should do something a bit different and go from another direction. Neither of them is good on its own. It's, and that is the secret of knowing that navigation between pushing and moving aside and having the right team along there to, to help you with that. But have that and yeah, and then just keep moving forward. That's it. Just like any, you know, love outdoors, life climbing, trekking, there's no yeah, other secret than, get, than getting to a mountain. You just go up and find ways to get up. No, I mean, I, yeah. And the moving forward is also an important one because at the end it's about, so what's next and what's next? Because a lot of companies, they get to a success and then say, okay, well, let's benefit from this and then become complacent. Right. And then, it's, and then it goes the other way around. So it's not moving forward. And that's, forward I think, anymore. you know, and I think that's the beautiful thing about technology is that it's an open canvas. You can always find innovation you can always imagine new True. things and you can pretty much build anything that you can imagine with technology i mean there's no physical limitations and so i think when companies reach that complacent stage is maybe because they've maxed out their vision but the the environment of technology lends itself for 
new stuff or breaking yeah. new barriers. Yeah. So it's a decision. It's not a physical limitation in this space. Again, I can only speak and I only have the experience of founding Trendy and I have, you know, 10 other companies, but this is what I love about it is that you're going to always have another way to move forward and go higher as opposed to, okay, I've built this and, you know, this is pretty much all it can be. Yeah. Well, I've, the vision should also be a stress goal. And a lot of companies also kind of get the word vision wrong because they say it's like we are envisioning ourselves to be a $1 billion company. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different type of approach here. Well, one of the things that, one of the chapters in my book is about curiosity. And I think one of the points that you made about is about curiosity and, and keeping that, keeping looking forward what can be. How do you keep your, your team, how do you motivate your team to be curious or to keep exploring things? So I think that, first of all, it's providing challenges. I think curiosity and creativity are results of trying to accomplish something that is even more difficult. So that's when you yeah. start looking for things. You go look for trouble. You look for different solutions. As you place those high challenges, smart people will find those creative solutions, will find new opportunities. Yeah. And I think that it's about always challenging your team and building a team that is similar in the sense that they're in it for the challenge, the passion, the building, as opposed to the outcome. So they're more process-driven and more challenge-driven than outcome-driven. So that depends yeah. on the DNA that, of the company that you're building. But also have it pluralistic enough so that you have people from different disciplines looking at the problem. So we have people from product looking at marketing problems. We have people you know, from technology looking at, at customer success problems. And you have this cross-pollination that gets people looking at problems from different from different angles and this is i think where really the creativity happens not you know always trying to find those different angles of approaching approaching the problem having fun with it experimenting trying things even if they seem dumb or they seem silly it's always important to you know to, to, to have to have fun with those things and try to get people excited on those new on those new initiatives sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know it's like anything it's yeah. things that are again some bets but they make the trip a, ho a whole lot more fun. So that's at least worth it. Yeah, I mean, I like the way you're talking about a trip and the journey. And I mean, when it starts with a vision that is unreal, people can't believe yet. But it's connected to that is there is no map. There is no plotted route. There's no manual for this. So you all have to figure it out. And that means, yeah, yeah of course, sometimes you can, you can hit a dead end road or an area where you say, hey, wait a minute, go back, try another, another angle. And if you have the right team that, that is capable of doing that, doesn't get frustrated with that, because some people just want to follow a manual, it can bring you also so far. So what are you most proud of achieving so far? Customer anecdote or yeah, this story that you keep telling yourself of others? I think we have several things that we're proud of. I think, first of all, my biggest pride is the team that has been assembled, that are people that I just love working with every day and we're, we're driven in the same direction. We have achievements that we've had along the way, working with Walmart, a company that I started working with in 2019, we're working together, our ability to become self-sufficient, our ability to become masters of our journey, masters of our destiny, and not be at that, at that constant, you know, runway raise, go back and, and that position. I think that is something that we've worked very hard to reach. And I'm very proud of that. And it's still, it's a never ending game. You can, you have to continue growing it. Sure. But I think this is definitely something that I'm very proud of our strategic partnerships in that sense. But in general, we don't, you know, I think we, we take less time in looking back, but more about thinking 
what do we see ahead? And we see so much opportunity ahead. We see so yeah. much excitement. And I think especially now, if we bring it to you know, COVID and what the world is going through, the world is going through a lot of paradigm shifts all at once, working from home, transfer, digital transformations, health issues. All of that are happening all at once. I don't think there was ever a period in recent history that was so transformational. And with those transformations, there are a lot of opportunities. Companies that will be agile and move forward will leverage them. Yep. And I think this is what gets us excited about you know, the coming years, despite the challenges, despite the fact. And I think there's a lot more things that we can achieve in the next years. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I see it as well. Always close, always half full, and uh, there's so much opportunity out there. So from the lessons that you've learned so far with, with running your, well, your personal history, but also running the company since 2015 or a little bit before that, what wisdom if you gained that you say, hey, if I had to give advice to another, to someone that wants to kind of go on a similar journey, what would that advice be? Get going, move forward, right? Yeah. You have to go forward knowing you're going into the unknown and that has to be part of it. And I think that's taking that step is what I think a lot of people find intimidating, doing that, moving that, moving that direction. And the second thing they have to realize, there are, not that I've come across, there are no shortcuts, there is no magic. There is no path or, or even one single way of getting those things. And I think people sometimes especially look at companies that raise tons of money and look at those exits and success stories. It creates a distorted view of what it actually means to build a company. And I think people have to realize going into this, it's not sexy. It's, you know, you're going to spend your best years eating a lot of dirt until something good happens. And you're going to have to be willing and happy to get through that challenging phase. If you're not looking for that, you're not going to you know, go through that process. So you're going to have to love that process, love that challenging way and not the outcome. If you're in it for the outcome, I think there are much better ways to try and make those things. It can't be outcome driven. It has to be intrinsic. It has to be a love for exploration without knowing the destination. That's the only thing you can bet on when you start. You have no idea where you're going to end up. Almost 100%, it's not going to be where you think you're going to get. That's true. Well, there's different ways, different perspectives here on the word outcome, but I agree with you with regards to your own direction. That outcome can never be, it can also be, always. it needs to be an aim and not something that you can... I agree, I completely agree. Your point. Yeah, exactly. It's a milestone, it's a milestone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the next one, and the next one. Because then you can right. see across the hill. Yeah, exactly. Right. So what is next for you? What do you see as the next big thing for the next 12 months, 24 months? <laughs> so I think that now that we have kind of reached the company where we can chart our own course, we're trying to find those inflection points, those momentum building events that we can leverage to get us to that next stage. I think momentum is critical and it never happens without purpose and planning. And doing this from a different perspective than let's take in a lot of money and let's buy momentum, but let's create genuine momentum. I think that's the challenge that we're mostly looking forward to. And I think this is the main challenge. If we get that right, it's going to be great. But if not, it's going to maybe take us longer, but at least we're hopefully not going to be in that position that if we miss the mark, it's like, you know, trying to land a plane and you have one shot and that's it. If you miss the boat or if you miss your carrier, that's it. There's no, there's no other chance. It gives you also a lot of, for the first time, confidence and yeah. moving forward there. So this is what I think is in for the next 12 months. There's going to be a lot of movement, 
especially yeah. in our space in marketing technologies, there are, I see a lot of companies trying to, you know, look at company other companies in terms of acquisitions, in terms of strategic partnerships. Sure. They're thinking, I think they realize they need to act, but it's still, I think, very early on. And I think a lot of companies are still not aware of how things are going to turn out. So again, for, for small and agile companies that move fast, I think it's a good time. The yeah. bigger companies are going to have to adapt. Which is always the case. Yeah. And that's the nice cycle we are, we've been seeing for decades now. Well, thank you very much for this. I've written down a lot of notes here, a lot of good nuggets here that gave me inspiration, but also a couple of good aha moments. So thanks for that. Where can people go to find out more about the company uh, Trendemon or to say hi to you? So welcome, of course, to look us and check out our website at trendemon.com. Always welcome to reach, me, reach out to me through LinkedIn and always be happy to try and see whether I can help or whether there's any potential synergy that we can, uh, that we can discuss or even just any questions specifically about our journey or our area. So always looking to expand the network. And I wanted to also thank you for this great opportunity to speak. It was a very, okay. you know, a very good time speaking and kind of thinking through some of these things that we usually as entrepreneurs don't have a lot of people to share them with. Sure. And I think we share the same passion for content and books and looking forward to reading that book. Okay. Now that we have more time indoors <laughs> and not flying exactly. so much. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you. I copy on your points. It was a discussion that I'd like to have more of. Thank you very much. And this ends my conversation with Avishai. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you valued it, please leave a review on iTunes and share it with other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thanks for tuning in today. I had the honor to speak to Avishai Sharon, co-founder and CEO of Trendemon. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book, or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.